Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Gallo, Chronicles of the End Times. How are you today? Well, we're back after a sabbatical of sorts, and I thought I would open up the new series that we're going to be talking about called Hidden Thrones. And we see all the evil in the world and what's going on in the world, and we blame this one and that one and the other one. Well, in the new series, we're going to talk about who's behind it and how do we stop it? How can we fight it? But before that series starts, I have a special episode for you. It's the opening of book one of On the Edge of Time. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. They were creators of sorrow and sorrow's spawn, all at once and both together. If there was light, they shunned it, preferring hard laughter in the shadows, the dull and twisted to the sharp and beautiful, the power that cruelty provided, like a fire eating through their veins. Now that a part of the light they turned from had flickered and finally died, anticipation of the night made them all but giddy, ready for the exaltation brought by the copper scent of blood. Now, although they had neither the words nor the wit to express it, was their time, and instinctively they knew it. They knew that it was dark and growing darker still. The three men, clothed in unkempt black garments and knitted black face-covering ski masks, approached the house quickly, silently, making studied efforts that the crowbar would not swing against the blue-black barrels of the automatic rifles they carried and break the forced quiet of the evening. Entry was effortless, two of them watching silently while the third worked a crowbar, snapping a simple lock on a simple door. They were inside as swiftly as they had come. By agreement and without a word, they split up and began a swift, almost frenzied search of the rooms. Drawers tumbled recklessly from bureaus, bedside tables sprawled, mattresses thudded against walls. One of them paused to scratch at the beard growing behind his mask. It was so easy. His lips relaxed enough to trace the pattern of a smile. There were wallets just left out in the open, or on a chair, or in the hall, and clothes left in curiously ordered piles on the floor and bed and stairs, with money inside. Not only here, in this place of shadows, but in every silent house they had visited last night, and the night before, and the night before that. For one dizzying moment, he held the vision of himself standing in a gold mine, dark and deep within the belly of the earth, the gold ore crumbling and tumbling from the walls and rolling to a defined stop at his feet. They met as planned at the bottom of the stairs, opposite the futile door they had forced just moments before. There was, in that darkness, only wasted slivers of light from the street, but they were used to the night, and they could see the rock-hard smiles leering through the mouth holes of each other's masks. That was when they heard the noise. Someone's here, one of them whispered, his eyes shifting between the two others. The voice that invaded from the other side of the front door had age to it, but that was all. It lacked the crisp command of a voice used to authority, and the three of them knew that it was not the law, nor anyone who could offer greater pain than they could inflict themselves. The words were loud, but somewhat slow, almost hesitant edged with the weakness of uncertainty. Come out! Come on now! 
and put your hands over your head. There was a small silence that hung in the charged air and lasted a second, perhaps two. Then there was the slap and clash of flesh on the weapons, and the three men turned in the general direction of the front door. The blue-white flames from the muzzles of their automatic rifles illuminated the place they stood in a flickering strobe light that caught clenched teeth and wide eyes in a frozen, never-to-be-printed photograph, partly fear, partly fury, partly sheer joy. The sound roared in great, clamoring, deafening peals of thunder. The bullets reached the door and ripped it apart, tearing into it as a ravening beast might pull apart the dough it found cowering near its lair. Small and splintered fragments of wood flew everywhere. The acrid stench of gunpowder clung in shrouds on the wall. The two neighborhood watchmen, volunteers in their sixties, residents three and five doors down the street, lay on the porch, each dead by a dozen wet bread wounds. Each grandfather was wearing the patch his group had jubilantly designed and bought months before, proclaiming the neighborhood watch motto of victory through vigilance. That phrase, however clever and catchy, could hardly be read now. It was swiftly being obliterated by the thick, dark blood that continued to ooze through the ragged, ravaged shirts of the two victims. Inside, the creators of sorrow and lovers of the dark gathered what they had taken and ran through the splintered door and into the waiting night. One of them tripped across a dead man as he made his escape, leaving a half-print of one black boot sole painted in dark red on one porch step. On the street, they paused. Wide, twitching eyes sought each other, and spontaneously they began to punctuate the evening with staccato laughter. They continued to laugh as they were absorbed into the velvet darkness. Back on the porch of the dim and empty house, the deep red blood of one of the watchmen pooled quietly where he lay, finally reaching and being absorbed into the paper face of one of the myriad of newspapers that had not been taken in for many days. The banner brazenly proclaimed the paper's name, The Chronicle, and the headline screamed, Disappearance of Millions Still Unexplained. All else, all else was quiet, almost tomb-like. It was just the beginning of sorrows. Wow, that was awesome. That was the prologue of book one of On the Edge of Time, which is available on Amazon in Kindle form or as a paperback. And I pray that uh, you will get a chance to read it. And those of you who haven't yet I believe that you will find many parallels between the book and the things that are going on today in the news and the things that you see happening around the world. It will also give you a great visual aid as you look and study the book of Revelation. I believe it will flesh it out for you and you'll be able to really comprehend and visualize what the Lord has prophesied will take place very soon. So God bless you and I hope you have a great day and a great week. And don't forget to keep checking back because the next podcast episode is going to be on Hidden Thrones. You don't want to miss it.